What's up, everybody? This is the Big Gold Belt Podcast. We are live this Thursday as we are each and every Thursday at 8 p.m. Live on your Twitter, uh, sometimes on your Facebook, but nonetheless on our social medias. Um, You can get all of our latest news and updates over at BigGoldBeltGroup.com. I am no host here, Two James. I got my guy Will over to the left of me and the giant crab Jamal below me. Gentlemen, how you all doing today? Good, good, good. How are you? Hanging Pretty in good. there another week, seeing what's up. Yeah, yep. it's rained every night this week. <laughs> Not sure what's up with that. Oh man, um, for all of you, you all, you know, been following us for a long time. Just to just put a quick announcement on, we got a lot of news to cover today, so we won't be having our usual cameo break. This has nothing to do with Mr. Man Nixon, our halftime fun. Uh, but we will be going over a few topics, and then, like I said, we got a plethora of news coming on, so we will definitely hard position to that midway in the show. Uh, Damien and Say Sellers could not make it tonight. They will be back next week. But something I want to talk about starting off the show is something I seen reported, but I don't think people are actually truly understanding uh, the ramifications of this news. And because, you know, we, as much as we like wrestling, we all like media, movies, and all that other good stuff here. And what's what I'm talking about here is so over the week in the pay-per-view Clash of Champions, there was a commercial doing it where WWE Network on the WWE Network they promoted WWE having content on Peacock. Now, if you not know, if you don't know what Peacock is, Peacock is your Netflix, your HBO Max, your you know those streaming services for its respective brand. Peacock is under the brand of uh, NBC Universal, and what's cool about it is number one, that's just more content for people who's already subscribed to Peacock. You can actually subscribe to Peacock for free, as they got a uh, a free tier and a premium tier. But this is untraditional for WWE because they usually just promote their own stuff here. Uh, and when I say their own stuff, strictly what's on the, your, uh, the, the, the WWE network. So the idea of them promoting something on Peacock was kind of an eyebrow raiser because it's just like, oh, this is something they never did. But at the same time, Peacock has just been like thriving unbelievably in the streaming wars against Netflix and HBO Max in, in, in regards to subscribers. Uh, because they're just their modeling scheme is just different than what we've seen uh, typically with streaming services. So, yes, on Peacock, uh, they have, you know, over 20,000 hours of content. Um, And then, you know, even for the free tier, there's about 13,000 hours of content there that you can check out. So definitely cool and interesting there that WWE is distributing more of their content in other places. Um, But what's to be made here? Now, if you've been following along with us for a long time, we've been talking a lot about AEW who's part of TNT, which is part of Warner Media, uh, which HBO Max is falls under that. And we talked about the different idea of what possibly uh, AEW could do with more content. We know that they're getting another show to TNT. They still have Dark on YouTube, but they're content creators and they are just continually to grow. And the idea of that the landscape of what pay-per-views are and how you watch them and how you purchase them is just all changing to the point that we know that Warner Media is very high on AEW and they see it as uh, something that is very lucrative and is but sooner or later that more and more possibilities are going to come from this partnership that they have. So we talked about 
what's the different things that AEW can do on the HBO Max brand, whether it's them running their pay-per-views exclusively on there and so on. And so while it seems like a shot in the dark, it kind of shift back over to Disney Plus, who just did the Milan thing, which they had, you know, you pay and then uh, behind another paywall did you get Milan on HBO, I mean, excuse me, on Disney Plus Premium. And we've seen the same model with, H- with ESPN and ESPN Plus with their pay-per-views with UFC. So these type of things sort of happen, but like very, very small amount. So coming to what Peacock, WWE aligning with Peacock and, and making a presence on there, and then you consider that AEW and then their alignment with HBO Max, you know, like with counter programming, counter booking and all this other stuff, that this was obviously a business strategical move on them to do so. Line them, align themselves and promote themselves with the biggest streaming brand right now to rival against one of the other biggest streaming band and their rival company. And the question I want to bring to everybody listening and uh, for obviously our team here is that the next, the, the other small piece of this puzzle is that just recently, maybe about two days ago, a movie that was supposed to come out uh, very soon decided to completely... Um, it, it canceled this release date and then HBO purchased it and now purchased it as part of their pay to TV uh, and streaming deal, which if you're, under, if you're not understanding this, this means that if you want to watch this movie, which is going to be released in the 2021, you have to pay for another paywall behind HBO Max in order to, or HBO. I'm not sure if it's going to be on Max or HBO. Probably just going to be on Max because I think HBO ultimately is just going to go away. It's all the same now. HBO Max is the priority. That's for sure. Yeah, so my big, long, drawn-out question here is, number one, where do you see the future now in both of these companies with everything that's been rumored over the last six months, whether it's whether it's WWE selling their rights to their pay-per-views, whether it's AEW, who's just still growing and growing. We know that Warner Media is very high on them, and they're still using the traditional style of pay-per-views, which isn't really a thing anymore. No one really does that anymore. So as a just a roundtable sort of question for you all, where do you see, with all this news that dropped about all this stuff, where do you see these two companies going in the next six months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... What WWE is doing this year with the network is they're tweaking the formula a little bit, and that ties into what they're doing with Peacock and their presence on there. This year, they switched it up and they introduced the free tier of the WWE network where you don't have to pay and have a subscription, but you can get a, you know, a limited amount of stuff. You can get raw talk, you can get SmackDown after show or whatever, and like a limited number of things for free. You just got to make an account and that's it. My understanding, I think, is that a lot of what we're seeing on Peacock is probably the stuff you're seeing on the free tier of the WWE Network and makes a lot of sense to me. Hey, Mm -hmm. get the stuff in front of as many eyeballs as you possibly can. If you're having it free on the network, why not have it free on Peacock? Be a good network partner and provide them with some content too. The little bit I looked at it when I saw the WWE area on Peacock, it looked like a lot of that same stuff, you know, old best of Monday Night War stuff and the talk shows they've had and uh, all like kind of the original content they've produced for the network. You're not going to find like, you know, entire pay-per-views on there, that kind of stuff. You want that kind of stuff. They're going to make you pay. But Mm -hmm. the free tier, I think is a really good model to like give people a taste 
But then, you know, you want the good stuff, you're going to have to open up that wallet and pay the nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. Peacock, I think, is doing the same model. The idea of, yeah, we're going to have our free tier because there's just so much competition now in the streaming arena between, like you've said, Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, ESPN. I mean, you name it. There's Amazon. There's so many services now. You got to have something to get people in the door and just having a low price tag isn't going to do it in a lot of cases. The free tier, I think, is how you get people in. Now, to switch over to AEW, we've been saying it forever. AEW ain't going to have an AEW network. There just isn't the back catalog to warrant it. But an AEW area on HBO Max, it's a no-brainer to me. That's where you put the darn stuff. I can't see them giving away the pay-per-views on there as part of your HBO Max subscription, but the premium access model, like you said, like they're doing with Mulan, like they're doing with these movies, I could totally see HBO Max and then AEW pay-per-views on there, but behind a premium cost whether it be twenty dollars or wherever or you pay that and you just see it through hbo max i think that's where all eventually we're gonna get there it's just a matter of how soon and maybe Mm -hmm. the pandemic and the economics that's created it may speed things up and get us there faster than we think yeah yeah i disagree so specifically about AEW, i think that in general the way that the way they are now they are still building they are a plane that has just uh, you know, rotated off the runway and are still trying to climb through 10,000 feet. I don't think they can afford to have anyone do anything other than in the U.S., watch AEW on TNT. In the U.S., watch AEW via pay-per-view. In Canada, on TSN. In the U.K., on whatever it is, and around the world. Once they get enough eyes on the product to watch at the same time, or within the same you know, reasonable time because of time zones and stuff, in three, four, or five years, we could start talking about divesting from a, 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 the slice of the pie that is the main audience. They're not there yet. Okay. And since they you know cracked a million that one time that they did it for the first time since the first time, it's that we I don't think that it's way too early way 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 too early to consider doing anything other than watching AEW on TNT as it happens on Wednesdays. Now you could argue, okay, well we live in an on demand DVR per PVR type of a world. Well we you know whatever. Right. But where your bread is buttered is premiered content live if that's physically possible where everyone is talking, tweeting, texting Facebook it and touting it out at once. <laughs> you gotta tout it out. You gotta tout it out. <laughs> so I think for WWE, you know, they already have 50 years of of content that they can throw onto whatever they want. Um, if they want to give the pay-per-views away, fine. They've already devalued them by giving away for $9.99. Um, the t-shirts cost more than the pay-per-view, advertising the price of the pay-per-view. So for AEW, I don't think that's a that's a non-starter. What they could do, and it would still not be a good idea because the point is to get everybody watching at once, mm-hmm. is have extended content, maybe commercial free on HBO Max, two days later, a week later, a month later. You know, something different than TNT that you're not gonna get, but obviously they don't compete with themselves because if I have HBO Max and I know that it's on demand. Well, I don't have to watch Wednesday, and I'll watch NXT live because I definitely don't have Peacock. Um, 
but if but if it were uncensored in that, well, instead of the chants from the Jericho Cruise, they wouldn't blur that out on on HBO Max. Um, you know, Cody busted his head open because he's a Cody because he's Cody Rhodes, and that's what they do. Um, they wouldn't blur that out on HBO Max. So I think realistically, something you know, an uncut version would probably would be cool. That would be something that I would want to see, and definitely yeah. Fight TV gets that feed live. But realistically, for AEW, their only mission is right now, as they stand, is to get every man, single man, woman, and child to go and watch the product together. Anything other than that seems to be counterproductive, unless uh, you know they're going to give Tony Khan a billion dollars to mm-hmm. you know broadcast on HBO Max, and that just doesn't seem to be the case either way. So the, 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 the pre-pay-per-view, uh, the, the premium pay-per-view and all that stuff, uh, that just doesn't make sense considering that they, A, only want four, and B, even if they are 50 bucks, that's about how much you're going to spend on $10 a month for the year anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I, I, def- I, I definitely, definitely see that, but I also think that the big thing here from, you know, obviously the corporate level, uh, executive level of this is that Warner Media says we have got to compete with Netflix, Peacock, and everything. How do we get more people in watching it? And when you think about well, what's actually keeping TNT alive right now, AEW and basketball, and if there's some way, somehow, that they can move those uh, very lucrative programming to there. In, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sense that makes in a, in a fashion that makes sense and to make dollars, then you have to take a look at it. But from the AEW Tony Khan level, I, I firmly agree with you, right? That's, that should not be totally on their scope of how fast they can expand. But I would think again, because that, and when you talk about the real war here, the real world is between the streaming services because everybody is looking at everybody. AEW and Gothieri. Let's not forget yeah, that. That, that. That is the real <laughs> war. That's the real, real war. That matter, right. That's the secret war right now. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, 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 that's what I'm kind of looking at. We will definitely chime back on this more. I don't want to drown this topic out because we have talked about this a lot. Um, it's a very interesting conversation. I think that we're just starting to see uh, little sprinkles of what's what possibly to come in 2021. My guy, which I do apologize, I said he'll be here next week, is here tonight, Mr. Silly Sellers. How did that L feel last week, buddy, in fantasy football? Man, it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. I had a good week, but it, it just wasn't good. However, <laughs> I will see you in the championship game because I will be your hardest competition. I hear that. I hear that. How you doing tonight? Good, man. Uh, sorry for being late, man. What's funny, I'll tell this real, real story. So I had one of my students email me. And, you know, we got, you know, good relationships with our students where we can connect. And even me as an assistant principal, it's very shocking how students are okay to ask questions, how mm-hmm. I can give them help on homework, anything of that nature. So she told me, Mr. Clement, you know, uh, we got some kids that's in a, a Zoom link or a Google Meet link late after hours, and this is not supposed to happen. I think they playing around. So we were able to address that. But just the fact that the students are being proactive on trying to have online safety for a virtual learner, it, it still says uh, wonders about our kids and what we have. That's dope. Also, I mean, like, it's dope that the kids were able to identify that these links do last <laughs> for a long time. But it's also, yeah, like the safety aspect is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
So anyway, let's get into our next topic. Now, the next thing, which I know this is going to give me heartburn, is the WWE draft, which is night one is happening. Ooh. The 2020 WWE draft is set for night one. Um, it's October 9th, which is on SmackDown. And then night two, October 12th, which is on Raw. I'm about to blurt out everything I got to say, and then I'm not talking no more. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> This is so ass backwards here. They spent so much of last year legitimizing NXT as a third brand. Why are they not on this? This is absolutely the moment where, and, and, and God forbid they want to just keep people down in NXT. Then make make sure that people draft in the sense that they want to keep their people down. Make Triple H and, or Shawn Michaels, make sure that they keep their people down there. Whatever it may be, just so it just makes sense business-wise. But if you want to legitimize them as a third brand, they absolutely should be in this conversation. And then number two, why are they still doing drafts one night on one show, one night on the other show? Why can't they just do a special on a random day and just sort it all out into going into the, into, um, the perspective shows? And the reason why I say that is because beyond them legitimizing NXT as a third brand, they spent all that time legitimizing SmackDown and then sort of say come afterwards Raw as a sports brand. And they handled the draft last time as a real war room draft. And now it seems like they're about to get back to the shenanigans again. Uh, to me, this is counterproductive, and it does nothing. Apollo Cruz is probably going to be on both shows within three months. We and and Titus <laughs> O'Neil will get drafted, and we'll never see him. We know how this goes. And then on top of that, too, like what really worries me is the momentum that some of these, uh, I might say, teams, some of these uh, fractions, such as the Hurt Business, just getting wheels under them, and may potentially be broke up because we know that they only decide to break up this lower tier people that they really don't have much investment in. And I am very much concerned about that fraction and being on the eyes of Vince McMahon not caring much about it. Although it's been good TV, although it's been MVP's golden child, I this this draft just does not seem, it seems ill-advised to me. So I'm not excited for it. I don't think nothing potentially good coming out of this. And with NXT not being a part of it, I am just sick. <laughs> I'm sick to my stomach about it. <laughs> not, not, not to mention, it's not like they didn't just send people back to NXT, shall we say. So why not just have done the draft and realigned it in the way that you wanted to do it? Why not just do it that way? If you want to just make this legitimate. Isn't, isn't a real brand. It, it clearly isn't. It's no, I mean, let, let, let's let's just let's just let's just cut through all the red tape and get it out of the way. Go ahead, go ahead, Jamal. And SmackDown, NXT. I mean that that's that's what that is. Uh, so you have your main roster and you have NXT. It is not the lateral move that everybody thinks it is. It is not. They wanted they they wanted it to be too. I mean, no, obviously they didn't want it to be because whatever WWE wants, make it so. Well, so, but, so the real is, is that NXT was never, ever, ever, ever um, an actual legitimate third brand. One, one question before I let you finish. So is it wrong for me as a fan to realize how much momentum that they had last year during Survivor Series, even going into the Royal Rumble, 
that mm-hmm. they stated their claim as a force to be reckoned with as a third brand, as being listed sort of as a third brand in a promotion. But let's also be clear about that, though. That started because of the Buffalo show in early October mm-hmm. when everybody was stranded in Saudi Arabia and they had to bring up Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Full I mean, so like, I'm not going to say that I don't know if the original plan for NXT was to be involved in Survivor Series and make okay. it a big deal. But let's assume that it was, and this and 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 the Golden Goose fell in their lap anyway, and they had the best SmackDown in 15 years. The long and no short of it is, is that they had to play that hand, regardless, because the internet we're talking positively about WWE. Pick, 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 pick one. Whether it's um, that guy JD in New York or Jim Cornette or anybody, <laughs> whether it's the apologist and, or the naysayers, everybody had glowing reviews about that SmackDown, and then and then they played that hand perfectly in including NXT into the thing um, because they if there was obviously if you remember it correctly, they had a War Games match before mm-hmm. the Battle Series. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, how the hell is anybody going to survive war games, which was bananas, and then walk mm-hmm. into Survivor Series and stand a chance? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it is what it is. But the long and short of it is that, you know, I really think that that wasn't intended to happen. That, mm-hmm. that wasn't going to happen that way. And that they had, they had a miracle play, and they played it, and it worked. And then now, a year later, what is NXT? Because Keith Lee, haven't really heard much. I don't watch WWE. But Keith Lee made a splash um, in NXT, came up to the main roster. Did he make a what? What has he done since? Other than put on that that moo that everybody clowned him for, what what news is Keith Lee? Uh, what is new? Is his name breaking? Yeah, I, I mean, I can answer that, but we'll leave that as rhetorical. We'll leave, we'll leave that as rhetorical for the sake. No, but I'm saying like, it, like so. Obviously, there are too few people that were able to transition cleanly between the main roster from NXT to the main roster. Mm-hmm. That should that statement should not be accurate anymore if the brands are equal. It should be a lateral move. That has never been the case. Mm-hmm. So that I pose the question to you, uh, since NXT is definitely not the third brand that we thought it was or on equal footing that we thought it was, is it smart for Triple H to hold his people close to the chest like a Ciampa like a Keith Lee, like an Adam Cole, and build his brand around that. Because in my mind, this isn't a minor league team that's trying to win a championship and then their guys get called up to the majors and now they, you know, no, 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 that's not how that works. If you win, you win, cool. But it's about building players to the next level. It's a feeder system. NXT is still that feeder system. And if you're you're Triple H and you're trying to build a brand, well, that's like trying to build a minor league team. Good people will come through, but the bottom line is it's the system isn't designed for you to win. If you do, good luck. It's, it's a good point that you brought up, Jamal, and I want to add this to it. It's like in a way, I'm looking at it, and, and once again, this is not a direct comparison. This is just, just a flat-out comparison. You look at the Harlem Globetrotters, and then you look at the NBA. The NBA, of course, is the Mecca, and we talk about Raw and SmackDown being the Mecca, but then you have some guys who are great basketball players or great talents, rather, that love just being on the showcase of the Harlem Globetrotters. And I think what Triple H kind of wants to do is he wants to keep those guys that he knows that's going to be set up for failure on that next level 
to try to hold them to the test, like you said, to make sure they have their own way of being successful on that individual brand. As I, much as we want them to be lateral. I, I don't doubt it, though. But I mean, like, there's still I mean, first of all, we know that all the picks have been premeditated. Of course. It, it, so it's not like they're actually going out there making legitimate pit. They could have did it in a way that still legitimizes them as the third brand and draft wow. keep the people down there. Because no, you, you have, how do you legitimize it as, as the third brand when you, it's obvious that they're not an equal footing? Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think to legitimize them as a third brand, what they would have to do next week when they start this draft is they'd have to pull like some of the stuff they did like with Finn Balor going down. They would have to have NXT purposely get some name people off of Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. that go down there to, to make it clear that it's not about moving up. It's about name people coming there and being pulled off of Raw mm-hmm. and SmackDown to legitimize that as a brand to where it's more than just, you know, they, they did with Finn Balor. And mm-hmm. that doesn't be pulled and off of And hell, he's the champ there now because, you know, so we've had so many damn injuries. Um, I totally agree with you guys. Like last year, they they after Survivor Series, you know they they followed through with um Rhea Ripley. They got her over, made her the champ, and then it's like the holidays hit, and all that momentum they had just evaporated. They came into the new year with just like nothing, yeah. and then of course we get the elephant in the room. The damn pandemic happened, so who knows how much stuff they had planned that just completely went out the window because normally we would have had a draft after WrestleMania. Well, it wouldn't have been happening now. I so. can't blame COVID though. I mean, like, I understand what you're saying, but I can't blame COVID. And the reason why is because the show still went on. We're not talking right. about their ability to work. We're talking about their ability as a show to be on equal footing. And they're still mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. So it's not that like, Oh, well, COVID ruined all of these plans because, you know, NXT was going to do this thing and they're interbreeding with the, uh, the main roster and we're going to have like Alexa Bliss come down to NXT and, and, and do a thing. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, uh, Balor's back and he's wearing black and yellow. Like none of that stuff happens. So either yeah, way, they're still independent of each other. Hell, yeah, even, even even at Full Sail looked different than uh, Raw and SmackDown in the Performance Center. Mm-hmm. They didn't even go to Full Sail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I mean, and, and, and I agree. I mean, I just say, like, you know, they spent a lot of time last year and all of it was basically wolf tickets. Like, they, they, they sold endless dreams. And I think this is like a slap in the face when I seen that. Like, how did you try to build so much then and then completely just debunk it now? And Jamal, I agree with you because maybe it was never really their intent. And maybe they were just selling temporary dreams. Uh, wholeheartedly before just for the wrestling fans who tend to have short-term memory. But like we remember, there was a shit ton of momentum coming from the third brand, getting there, uh, going live on USA Network, having prominent people in highlighted places coming, doing the invasions, you know, making them look strong, making them look like a contender, endless vignettes about who these people are and people that came from there. So they did all that They had uh, Ciampa and Gargano as a tag team on Raw and feuding on NXT two days later. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I really don't. (laughs) No, you're, 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 looking back, it was ever in the cards that NXT is legit lateral move as a third brand on equal footing. Mm. I, I don't see how that could categorically be the case, especially now 
since A, they're still not grooming people for the main roster. Mm-hmm. Look at Keith mm-hmm. Lee. They're still not transitioning people from the main roster down to NXT. Look at Nia Jax. You know, I mean, there they are things that they can do, but this is a feeder system type where it's it like WWE is WWE and, and NXT is still the G League. Yeah. That doesn't I, mean the content isn't good because I appreciate, you know, the, the Delaware 70s, uh, 67ers, 87ers, but it is it is still the G League. All right, so really quickly, because I want to talk about really something else before we get to the topics. Just real quick, name a move that needs to happen. And regarding what? And to, of the draft. Anybody that should go somewhere and why? Just one person, like one person, one wrestler? One, one wrestler. Name one wrestler, group, whatever. Name a move that needs to happen and why. Uh, I mean, as much as uh, I think Velveteen Dream should go to SmackDown. Okay. I mean, like, and you said why. Um, I think that he's done all that he can do on NXT. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing more for him to do. And he does have a main roster-like uh, uh, persona. And his wrestling isn't good enough to get him over. So I think he, he's, since the scales are tipped in a, uh, you know, persona versus wrestling ability, you know, the persona is kind of weighing, weighing him down. Uh, he takes that to the main roster, get over on his goofy gimmick, and and do mm-hmm. that. Obviously, he can wrestle and put on a decent match, but I really think that him versus The Miz would be a lot more entertaining than him versus Roderick Strong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be like that would that would be a good pickup. But then, you know, a lateral move would be sending like Johnny Nitro down to uh, NXT. I would Not love because- that. Not because he's bad, but just because it creates a lot of new matchups yeah. that we have not seen mm-hmm. before. And he um, can go. He can work and, that and style. He, and he can go. I mean, he's main event level, but we've yeah. not seen him and Adam Cole. We've not seen him and, you know, Pete Dunne or whoever they have down yeah. there nowadays. I, I want to I chime in on that, too. Yeah, because, like, you came back and you did your thing. You brought the nostalgia back with The Miz. Now go and do what we well, they did. You do. They had nothing for him, so they put up with The Miz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so let him go and do what he does best. And he's worked every promotion at the top tier. I think NXT fits his style and everything. I want to add my person really quick because I feel like Will uh, is getting ready to name it. But easily, the easy <laughs> selection here is Matt Riddle to Raw and forget Raw, put him straight on Raw Underground and let him just clean oh. house. Mm. Let him have a wrecking, let him establish himself there. To make a name for himself on the raw brand. That's what I like to see happen. I didn't even think of anything like that. Uh, and that just makes so much damn sense that it's like, God, that that's just that's a no-brainer. <laughs> you, you make him the signature star of Raw Underground, and that would make a world of damn sense. That's just it almost seems too obvious and too perfect that they're somehow not going <laughs> to do that. It's just like, yeah, duh. I've never even thought of that. It's like, geez, of course you should do that with Matt Riddle. I'd say the same thing right now if I had thought of that. Um, The biggest thing for me forever, as far as NXT goes, I would say for the past couple of years, is we've had a log jam of the Undisputed Era, Ciampa, Gargano, those six guys have been a log jam at the top of that card forever. Someone's got to go. 
<laughs> so I don't even care who it is, but someone's got to get out of that mix to free up space in NXT for some other people to come up the card. I someone's don't have a problem go. with that. I don't have a problem with one of them going, but I think that they should stay there because if you want NXT to be a brand unto itself, you mm-hmm. need those people that are established with that brand. And I think that uh, like a minor league baseball team or like a college team, you are more attracted to the lore of the brand itself than the people within it. And then we'll reflect later. Like if you're a Duke fan, you're probably a Duke fan because you're a fan of the overall experience that Duke brings. Maybe not necessarily this individual right now for this year, because he's only going to be there three years. It's it's just like Michigan. They haven't been good in like the last forever, but everyone (laughs) is still diehard Michigan. Yeah. Every, every college, because you know, if you're a big college in, in that the, the town that, that that encompasses the school, you know, like Iowa, for example, and like Cedar Rapids, everybody <laughs> Alabama, Iowa, Auburn. Yeah, like, yeah, Auburn. Nobody lives in Auburn, Alabama. But and, um, uh, what's the one in, in Tennessee? Uh, Knoxville. Knoxville. More people yeah. go to the stadium that live in Knoxville, and I think that's like, seriously, their population like nearly doubles every time they have a home game because people fill the stadium. And the bottom line is that you're more attracted to the lore of it. They don't have 20-year characters in NXT. And the way it's designed, they can't because it's designed like a AAA team. So I think they need some people. They don't have a Kyle Ripken of NXT. Because everybody else that you thought was good has only honestly lasted three years. At this point, it's probably probably Gargano at this point. It's the closest thing. (laughs) Exactly. No, seriously. I mean, like... Between him and, and, and maybe Balor because he came back, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Breeze because he came back, but realistically there is no jersey hanging in the roster for NXT because if that were the case, Bo, Bo Dallas would have him up there. But he was only there like two years, five years ago, and it feels <laughs> like he's been away 20. Sellers, so who would you like? I'll say this as a, as a two-part. So the wrestler, I would say, I think Ricochet should go to SmackDown. And I think Rich, Ricochet should go to SmackDown because I feel like they need to eliminate one of the mid-tier belts because SmackDown, in my opinion, has always been good on the mid-tier title, so that IC title. Having him chase with that pack of people they have on SmackDown, I think would be great for him. And I think they should kind of remove the, the tag team titles from SmackDown and just make them exclusively on Raw. So that way you have a two-fold where you have exclusive belts on certain programs to make programs mean more for those specific shows. To that effect, I think that they should, I think they should do away with the heavyweight championship period and have mm-hmm. the universal championship literally mean the universe and be defended on raw SmackDown or NXT. Mm. I, I, I kind of like that. I'm not against that at all. Because if and you have, if you have a the case, I mean, whoever the, the, let's say the Roman Reigns, because I think he yep. is the champion right now on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it is on Raw, and I don't know who it is in NXT. Mm-hmm. But what if um, Adam Cole showed up on SmackDown and said, "Yeah, I'm bringing that back to back to uh, Full Sail." What if well. the Fiend showed up in Full Sail and said, "No, nah, I'm taking that back to Raw." Mm-hmm. It creates a lot more opportunities and a lot more matchups that we may not have seen before. Yep. Instead of the same six things that we've seen in NXT, which is the reason why it's lost a bit of its luster because they push the same eight guys, uh, no different than Raw and SmackDown. But now Agreed. we get to create some new matches, uh, which could create some new, actually interesting matches. Because Money in the Bank, NXT is now a player in Money in the Bank. Because it's for the Universal Championship. I mean, it's mm-hmm. for any championship. But let's say it's for the Universal Championship, 
which means that NXT has to have a stake in Money in the Bank now. Yep. Or it has to have a stake in Survivor Series now. Make it a triple threat final. And the winner gets a, a universal title shot because mm-hmm. anybody can get it now. Uh, well, did you name yours already? Yeah, we were just talking about like you know the the, yeah, the, the anybody from oh yeah okay, yeah from my NXT. bad yeah you taking them out there yeah, Any, yeah, anyone yeah. from that log jam yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah get yeah, moved yeah. up I, I was like wait did he name one person yeah you did that if I was gonna yeah. break, if I was break gonna up the pick, house party yeah if I was gonna name, pick one of them I'd probably say Adam Cole I yeah. think he's the most ready for like to be on the main roster since he's a good talker and he has like a good look and I, I, all I, of them I'd probably say Adam Cole so okay so uh, really really quick because I want to get to our news really in a second. Something else that's been like storming up the internet right now is what's happening on Raw with the disciple Buddy Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) We all know what's going on with that with Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. They've been at it for about three months too long. And now, you know, they, they went from Dominic and the whole who his father really is to his daughter Aaliyah Something about that, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, she's like fond of Murphy. And they, on TV, they put out a test message of them having uh, some type of communication with each other. So what's to be made of this right here, because as you can tell, I'm talking about a story that's happening on Raw and not nothing that's happening in real life. But the idea is, the, is that because... Brady Murphy is some age years old that I don't know. And I believe that Ray Mysterio said on Raw, his daughter is just 18? Yep. 19. Just 19. turned 19. Just turned 19. Just turned 19. That, 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 that detail they have made a point of her saying on camera. So that's right. definitely part of the story that she is 19. Right. Okay. So the issue... And the conversational piece here, and everybody just give their thoughts on it really fast, and then we'll move on to news. Is well, is this really pushing the line here with WWE? I'm not going to break it all down, but uh, do you find that this storyline may be inappropriate, ill-advised, in bad taste, or is it okay? So, we'll start with you. Yeah, this has been really interesting because th- it seems like in the last two weeks. I've noticed when Raw's on and that they tweet anything out about that storyline, if you look at the comments under it, people are hot. People are heated. And there's people talking about the age gap. There's people talking about inappropriateness. And the way they're talking, it's like they think this ain't a storyline. Like they're real, people think they're really like going out or something. (laughs) And it's weird that people are like hyper focusing on this to this extent where it's like, as far as I haven't seen a, I have not seen, seen anything claiming that they're really together in real life. As far as I know, this is completely a storyline. So if I'm wrong about that, someone correct me, but I have not seen anything claiming they are really doing something in real life. But as far as the storyline goes, they've exchanged some text messages. They had, um, I think a very important detail is Aaliyah was the first one to make an overture towards Buddy after that cage match. She was the one who who like kind of showed concern for him. So from what I'm seeing in this story is Aaliyah very much has her agency. She is in control. She's not, you know, I'm not seeing her being manipulated. I'm not seeing her being uh, so much pursued by Buddy. It looks like a much more, you know, 
they're just they're texting and they're definitely alluding to more than that going on. But the vibe I'm getting personally is a Romeo and Juliet warring families, warring factions, forbidden love type thing that everyone else involved don't like it. But these two are, you know, doing their thing despite everything. And that's where the drama lies. I think that's what they're trying to go with here. But I'll be damned if people are like, no, he he's uh, manipulating her. This is in the post-speaking-out um, era. This is completely inappropriate. This is grooming, I've seen people say. And I'm just like, damn, people are people are into this. <laughs> in a way, I'm kind of like, are we watching the same thing? Because never. Damn, people are acting <laughs> like it. People are acting like it's real. <laughs> so that's what that's what's catching me off guard here is that people are so strongly reacting to it so from there i don't know who, who that's still sell us you, you do you deal with kids let's get your perspective on this so i, I would say this is it something i would do because buddy murphy's 32 and i looked it up is it something i would do because yeah. we're 33 i i would not do it but both of them are adults and i know mm-hmm. my parents and i were nine years apart and when you think about the age gap between nine and 15 years and relationships as adults it doesn't surprise me now, once again, it's a storyline. Will, I actually 100% agree with you. I think it's a Romeo and Juliet storyline with two families feuding. I think you put it perfectly. But as far as the age gap and them both being adults, I've seen worse. It's been movies that's been worse as far as that age gap. So it, I didn't even think much of it. I hadn't seen a lot of the Twitter comments until I started scrolling. I'm like, oh, people are really not liking this. But it's, it's, it's entertainment. Um, hell, you got kids... Or you got people, actors and actresses who are 32 years old, they're playing kids in high school. So it, no it, it happens. <laughs> um, so it's just part of entertainment. Um, once again, it's a storyline because really they never even released Buddy's age. Buddy could pass for like a 25-year-old, 26-year-old when you think about it compared to, to a 19. So it's it's just storyline purposes. You know, people don't go head over heels for it. Like you said, it's the Romeo and Juliet aspect. I don't have a problem with it. Um even if they do like a on-screen kiss or something like that, once again, they're both adults legally. <laughs> but I, I, I'm gonna go and then I'm gonna like throw to Jamal. And then we get into the news. Number one, it's a story. Number two, WWE has had bad taste in storylines. They, I mean, people crap on their uh, on their creative up and down the board. Number three, the people who tweet probably don't even watch TV. They just get ready to go into a Twitter war every time something's posted. And number four, the big thing that we're, uh, no one has said thus far is that if there was going to be an issue, well, Mama Mysterio and Daddy Mysterio are like right behind her. They're right there! <laughs> so it, you, would, you would think that if there was a like, oh no, we're not going for that, they would be right there to say no. So there's a there's a lot of consent consent by one person who's an adult because she's 19 and one by two of her uh, uh, parents were right behind her. So that's three people. And if you want to just add Dominic, that's four. And then Buddy obviously has to be on board for this too. So it's five. So <laughs> the whole I mean, family's literally there. Yeah. So you know, people are getting mad about this. Like it's just a story, you know. And again, I, 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 I WWE has had bad taste in storylines. Um, talk really questionable about when they do storylines and stuff like that. And regardless, I've never been fond of their writing. 
of the last few months or so. So it doesn't surprise me that it's crap. But at the same time, hey, personal feelings aside, it has nothing to do with me because their parents are right there and say it's okay. So, uh, yeah, let's jump off that horse right now. Jamal, on to you and to the news after that. Okay. Um, the short answer about uh, Dear Aaliyah and Buddy Murphy, um, uh, you know, Aaliyah and R. Kelly, part two, if, if people really want to go down that. <laughs> Oh. Um, nope. I mean, yes, it's easy to dismiss this and say that it's just a story and that they're actually adults and that it's not real. They literally call it sports entertainment. But to the impressionable folks out there that may have that may use this story as a scapegoat or as incentive to do something else. Uh, this is why that people in a position of influence need to take more responsibility uh, in what they promote. And I'm not saying that, you know, well, what are they promoting here? And if they're promoting love, then that's one thing. If they're promoting the Stockholm syndrome, which you could argue that they are because this person that's been terrorizing their family is now a person allowed is now love interest. Well, Aaliyah's made out to be Patty Hearst, didn't she? So, so which is it? I mean, and that's kind of the problem. And that really comes down to a matter of perspective. As a person that has not, you know, doesn't have that you know, relationship, like my girlfriend's two years younger than me, not 13. Um, you know, I'm not that, that I've never been in a situation like that. So it's hard for me to say that I'm offended by it. Personally, I don't really get offended by much. I mean, and also with WWE's track record, this is actually on a, a, about a three on what they used to pull. Off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, are like, are like people worried this is going to turn into Triple H and Steph, and then like I mean, going to get together for real? Forget, <laughs> let's not forget that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon got married after she was date raped, drugged, and dragged to a little white chapel. Hey, that that got test. That was a pretty stand-up guy. Let's not forget right. about him either. Let's, Let's not forget uh, Chuck and Billy's uh, denouncement of gay marriage um, after uh, you know uh, what was it? Um, Eric Bischoff, you know, did the thing and, and took off the great segment, and then uh, you know, uh, three-minute warning gave them that three-minute warning, and what was supposed to be the holiest day of the night. Let's not let's not forget any of those things that happened. Also, on TV. Mark, Mark Henry is a daddy with a hand, with you know, to a hand. So let's not forget uh, <laughs> Kurt Angle shooting Big Show with an actual um, tranquilizer to put his ass down. <laughs> I mean, and then on top of that, there is still the divas uh, era of uh, you know um, gravy matches, uh, chicks in a shark cage, um, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and let's not forget that Dominic is actually Eddie Guerrero's son. Uh, uh, son. There you go. Yeah. So, because Eddie, you know, won him in a match. <laughs> so there's that. Based on that history, this seems hideously innocuous. However, if you are of an impressionable age, under 20, you haven't lived through that history. And you are taking this at face value and going, well, damn. WWE said it's okay for me to go out with this 32-year-old 30, guy. Well, if she's 20, 19 and he's 32, well, I'm 15 and he's 28. That's the same thing. Hopefully they're not putting math together like that. No, legally it's not. not. But, but, but again, I'm, it, it's, it's, a, it's funny how people would stretch things to get to what they want. Mm-hmm. So I do, do think that in erring on the side of caution, 
this is probably a storyline that WWE should not have done. But looking at four old-ass guys that are 30-plus, some with children and some with not, we know better because we've seen a lot worse. But for those that don't, and they don't have that context, and they are involved because it's still real to them, damn it, uh, this may not be the move that WWE needs to do on TV, especially since a lot of this shit happens under the guy veil of the internet where predators are predators online. But as the, uh, you know, R. Kelly uh, once wrote, age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah. <laughs> News time. Getting down ain't nothing but a thing. So, yeah, uh, it, it's it's a mess, and I still don't care about WWE. Um, the news. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's actually a lot. Um, and let's start with the top story. Uh, Billy Corgan is trying to bring back NWA power very soon. Yay! It's about damn time. Now, obviously, yeah. uh, remember uh, way back when, Corgan was like, well, we're not doing power because of, um, of COVID. If we're not having fans in the stands, it ain't worth it. Fair enough. It's been three months since you made that statement. You need to make some money. All right, we're going to run power. He said, <laughs> he said on Twitter, uh, and I quote, "We on, one year ago, we shot our first episode of NWA Power. Suffice to say, it's been a crazy ride ever since, from trending number one on world, number one worldwide on our debut to successful pay-per-views to having to stop many plans, including the Crockett, Crockett, Crockett Cup due to the plague, to Rosa appearing with the NWA's Women's Championship on AEW, to now adding to our voice to the collective that is Primetime Live on the United Wrestling Network pay-per-views. I can only say to our great fans, hang in there. We're currently talking about bringing power back very soon, even if it means we can't have fans in the stands because we just want to get back to work. Good on him. Uh, Power, I I really liked it. I am a fan. Hopefully, uh, that means that sooner than later, they can actually come back with a deal that makes sense. Hopefully, they can come back with something that's on TV, and hopefully, they can come back, um, they can solidify their roster and rebuild that bitch from the ground up again. Uh, They've done it before. Let's take what worked last time and do that. Let's take what didn't work and bury it. I'm back with Jim Cornette and, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. So hopefully power comes back very, very soon. Uh, Over in Japan, their CEO from New Japan, Harold Beige, has resigned. Uh, He will leave October 23rd and he will be replaced by New Japan of America president Takami Onobari. So the word is, well, why is why are they changing? Why are they changing the guard now during the middle of a pandemic with Japan, you know, right of the roller coaster that is COVID, um, in a more apparent way than being hit in the head with a shovel that is COVID, like we are? Um, you know, they're having such a radical change. Well, apparently, uh, Big Daddy Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer says that Mage had promised to bring in a hundred million dollars in revenue. That ain't possible, and New Japan gave them the boot. Well, that number actually may be $200 million. A number that was possible if they had solidified what America was. Remember, they were going to run a SummerSlam weekend at the Garden. Uh, They already had set up the dojo and did a show in in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. So the American invasion by the Japanese actually may have worked this time. Uh, So... Hopefully, uh, you know, we see New Japan more. And honestly, if they get a TV deal, which they need a TV deal, then I'll be more into it. But 
them losing gas because of AEW didn't help. The pandemic uh, shut everything down anyway, and they never got TV deals. They lost their only TV deal in America and never recovered that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I can understand how he lost his job, especially if he's trying to like you know get them up in the two hundred million dollar range. So uh, unfortunate, but we'll see how the new guy does, especially since he was the, the former head of New Japan America. Remember Rusev? Right. <laughs> so uh, Rusev, uh, who is now going by his real name, Miro in AEW, which I really hope that storyline gets better. Rusev <laughs> deserves better. But uh, he's in, you know doing things in AEW, and he was on the AEW podcast, and a couple of interesting things he said was he was supposed to have erectile dysfunction as he's leaving WWE. That was the reason why he was supposed to allegedly turned into this sex addict that Lana couldn't handle anymore and left for uh, Big Bobby Lashley. <laughs> right. Uh, he says in a quote, there's nothing wrong with people who have erectile dysfunction. People take care of it. But that was not the case here. There was no coming back from it. Absolutely no coming back from it. And I told him, Vince, this is going to bury me completely. What? He had already had the man who took my wife then I or then I have erectile dysfunction and I'm going to lose. I wasn't supposed to lose. That just changed with time. And I said, it's a better idea if we do a sex addict thing. And he ran for it right away. Uh, needless to say, the whole thing was a mess. And I'm glad that um, that Miro got out of WWE. But yes. Um, so yeah. so what would you put that storyline on a scale of one through ten? Well, well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's another thing, too. I mean, yes. They made it's not an apples to apples comparison, but just a couple months ago, we did have uh, Rusev being cucked by Bobby Lashley uh, in a promo that was totally written by Brazzers, and then now <laughs> several months later, we have uh, you know Ray Jr. and his family um, and his brandy brother, uh, you know, uh, son Dominic going up against the bad boy Wesley Blake. I'm just waiting for, and I know I've said this before. I'm just waiting for Alina to get pregnant, and it's not Wesley Blake's. It's I mean, not sorry. It's not Buddy Murphy's. It's Seth Rollins' baby. <laughs> That's the soap opera way. Just saying, it's <laughs> it's going to happen, and then we're going to have a pregnant Aaliyah versus a pregnant Becky Lynch <laughs> because WWE. Uh, and, and I and well, I will give you credit. I really do think this is Russo Russo, uh, you know, booking this all the way. Oh, totally. Um, That's Russo oh, yeah. booking 101 if I've ever heard it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, NXT. According to the Fightful Select, they uh, were supposed to have a program at one time called NXT Underground. It was supposed to be totally different than Raw Underground, and it seems like that would have been a way to include talent that was on the B team of NXT that basically ran the Florida circuit. Kind of like the AEW Dark of NXT. So wait a minute. You have NXT, which is the feeder show to Raw and SmackDown, have a feeder show to NXT. <laughs> that would have been interesting, but some of those guys on, uh, that run the Florida circuit are greener than goose shit, so it would have been interesting to see how that played out on TV, what that would have looked like, but obviously the pandemic and um, yeah, that retracted everything, and they're going to shelve that uh, for later. But apparently, a pilot was shot at the Performance Center in oh. late 2019. So I want to see that. 
NXT Underground. Developmental. <laughs> if you if you're wondering why they kept Aaliyah uh, of NXT, <laughs> next subject, please. <laughs> AEW uh, is developing a video game that we know. Yeah. Uh, that we also know that it was put on hold because they sent the development studio home because of COVID shutting everything down around the world. Uh, but apparently, according to Kenny Omega, uh, that the production is back on and they are currently working on it. They, he gave no timetable or any other hints about the game itself. Um, but one thing that is interesting is that AEW filed a couple of trademarks in, uh, recently, and they include, and I quote, All Elite Wrestling, colon, Elite General Manager, Elite GM, and AEW Elite GM. Uh, people are speculating that, oh my God, they're finally going to add a GM to the show. I really think this is like the story mode of the game as the trademark applies to downloadable computer game software for use on mobile and cellular phones, downloadable mm. electronic game software for handheld computers and mobile game devices, downloadable video game programs, recorded video game software. I think that they're taking the GM mode from SmackDown versus Raw, putting that on an, on a, um, on a mobile, on a, in a mobile game that could be related to uh, AEW, the game itself. What if you can link your game account to the mobile game and just run GM mode so, and do that? So basically, Tony Khan mode. <laughs> uh, I think it's possible. So basically, what's happening here is, if I am not mistaken, they're taking the concept of what uh, up, down, down is, battle of the brands, making a mobile version of it to work potentially with. A platform console. Well, to be fair, up, up, down, down is just playing SmackDown versus Raw Six. Yeah, but they spend more of the time. I mean, let's be honest now. When when Raw, uh, you know, SmackDown, or Universe Mode or whatever the hell the thing's called. Yeah, but like yeah, when, when, they, when that game came out, that wasn't the focus of the game. The gameplay was just so done, so well done. That's what you focused on. I feel personally that Up, Up, Down, Down highlighted how good the GM mode could be. That's why it does numbers. It does weekly, and that's why they still play it. I have to assume that one looks over there and say, hey, success in that ballpark. What if we do like that? Make something mobile and have it connecting to the console or computer game. Well, let's say that the Kenny Omega and the development crew and Tony Khan are watching Austin Creed's channel on YouTube, I guess. But That's realistically, um, you know, a GM mode in a sports game is not new. Yeah, it's not. But like. A pretty lot. standard these days, right? For sure, but like for again, for the emphasis of the trademarks, it makes me feel like they they uh, they are pretty much understanding like this is a by two part of of yeah. making the game here. So here's the thing, and this is what I, I'm hoping, and then of course based on the trademark itself, the description of the trademark itself, what I'm hoping is is that if you do run a GM mode, uh, you know, you could that is something that you can tool and retool on the app while you're away from the game. And if you get to a point in the GM mode that you want to play that match, then it will be there for you when you get home. You can just stop the story there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think on Madden, for example, or, or any sports game, but let's just say, let's just say Madden, um, you know, what if you were able to progress your season through a GM mode like app uh, for iOS or Android and then you can do trades or whatever that is relevant to your game in your season or your franchise mode. Handle that business over the app and not in the game's menus. Do trades yep. mm -hmm. and stuff yep. like that. 
And then when you're ready to play the next week, go home and play it. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be really cool. And it would definitely be cool if that were the case in a, in an NCAA football game. Because you spend so much time. You spend arguably to spend more time recruiting players than you do playing the damn game if you do the season, you know, GMO. So um, mm-hmm. this in a wrestling game would be very interesting to integrate the app with the story mode that you may or may not create. Or hell, you can just mm-hmm. make one up on your own on the bus ride home and play it because it's all connected within the game's, uh, you know, landscape. Yeah. Yep. That's, yep. that's shit that Tony Khan does for a living. I think he can make that work. Uh, so yeah, moving on. Uh, apparently, NXT UK has been uh, taping their shows inside of uh, BT Sports British Telecom mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Studios. Love the arena, um, by the way. Yeah, it's nice. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. NXT Takeover Dublin was supposed to happen in back in June. Obviously not. That's been kicked down the road to next year. Um, But apparently Triple H uh, is working with BT Sport to see if they can get kind of a residency deal with their studios to, uh, you know, continue the British show over there. You know, kind of running the ROH schedule where they take, you know, a bunch of shows in a a couple of days, air that over the next six weeks and then come back to tape another slew of shows. So uh, good on them for getting the um, NXT UK up and running. With their new revamp, I think it looks a lot better than it did before. Yep. Speaking of revamp, the Dwayne The Rock Johnson yeah. has announced that the XFL is coming back. Yeah. Nice a very nice video. Uh, he says, and I quote from his Twitter account, XFL returns spring 2022. As owners, we're proud to champion our XFL players, coaches, cities, and fans into an electrified uh-huh, uh, 2022 season. It's not a battle, but we're hungry, humble, and no one will outwork us, a league of culture, passion, and purpose. I think that that last bit is very interesting. The culture, passion, and purpose bit is because they already have the framework for the football and and that the rules and stuff like that are already done and they work. The Mm -hmm. XFL is a progressively better game than an NFL head-to-head. The talent may not be there, but on paper, it's a more fun game to watch. But with the culture, passion, and purpose thing, it will be interesting because football is a culture, but there's a lot of social awareness going on. And I think that a lot of those things will be ingrained in XFL. So if you want to take a knee or fly a flag or a different flag or all the flags, um, Mm -hmm. that won't be a thing. I think that they're going to be, they're going to tackle those issues head on and Mm -hmm. in in a a very um, contrite way versus Roger Godell singing, lift every voice and sing during week one and week one only. And they're like, okay, there you go. Uh, you, there's your affirmative action moment of the week. Now go play football. Dance, monkeys, dance. So, question, question, question who's, the, who's the woman voice that's also in that commercial? This is ex-wife, right? I thought so. His um, ex-wife? Yeah, that's his business partner. Yeah, she, she owns part of the league. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. they have a very interesting relationship. They do. They've divorced, but they are still totally like together. What well, does money as to be made? Goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> she's absolutely. She's absolutely yeah, still she's like, due for just it. as involved in his business as she's always been. Yeah. 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 Is um, it a good or is it a good or bad time to bring up Dr. Dre? Calm down. Okay. Calm, calm down. I see what you did there. Okay. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting that I saw, uh, you know, this week. Uh, house shows usually are, you know, 
we're more than likely uneventful um, in any show that runs TV. Um, it's just fun to, you know, maybe the wrestlers that do something goofy, you know, make it memorable. Um, but basically, you're seeing them practice for what the live events want to be uh, on TV. Apparently, because Bradshaw went on Corey Graves' uh, WWE podcast after the bell, he said that he went 50 minutes with The Undertaker in a match <laughs> at a house show. <laughs> so, in, in speaking to Corey Graves, he said, and I quote, literally, we'd walk out there and feel the crowd. I remember one time we went 48 minutes and some live event, and it was like a third-tier market. We enjoyed <laughs> the art. We enjoyed being out in front of a crowd. The crowd was on fire that night, and it was like a market that you'd never heard of. And the thing is, is that I don't know if I want to see Bradshaw and The Undertaker go at it for 48 minutes. No. Especially considering what they are now, because I don't know <laughs> what year this took place. Um, but, but hot damn, that would have been interesting – and this goes back to what I said a long time ago when the network was searching for live programming. Broadcast the house shows. Mm-hmm. If they did it once a week, maybe on a Thursday, people would watch because it's more content. Yeah. And you don't have to explain it. Just turn on the camera and, and air the house show. Yeah. Very indie. Right. Um, AEW News. Uh, the Four Horsemen. Trademark. Arn Anderson has applied for that trademark on September 27th. Uh, apparently, he has hooked up with um, a pretty prominent attorney that helps wrestlers deal with their trademarks. Um, but he is his trademark application notes that the name was originally used with uh, Arn, Ole, Flair, and Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon. Michael Dawkins is the uh, lawyer that helps a lot of non-WWE wrestlers with their trademark filings. And it would be interesting to see that, A, the Four Horsemen trademark is available, and and B, that if Arn's doing it, shenanigans are afoot in AEW. So watch this space if you want to see the Four Horsemen 2021-ish, I guess. And and that's real interesting because why Arn would lay claim to it, and you would think he would be able to get it solely to be his – Considering, like you said, there's multiple people involved and it's all a quite documented history. So, right. I'm, that, that's going to be interesting. That, that sounds like a tough yeah. sell to me the, for him to nail that down for his sole ownership. I hope we're not right. about to get into more legal uh, stuff in a second. Well, I mean, I, obviously he found it. So, it, it, you know, the worst they can say is no, but it will be interesting to see yeah. how that works, considering that it's the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Or maybe the name hasn't really been trademarked because I don't see Four Horsemen brands, Four Horsemen branded anything. I don't see Four Horsemen branded T-shirts. Anybody can buy a T-shirt that says the Four Horsemen on it, but that's not a brand. If I'm not mistaken, didn't Rick They put out a DVD at one point. The WWE had to have had a trademark when they put out the DVD, but that was years ago. How so, long do trademarks last, though? I thought it lasts as, as long as you want to pay for it. I think that oh, okay. you, can, you can file oh, a yeah. deal or yeah, gotcha. yeah, um, a fifty-year deal or, or whatever the case is. But okay. um, and I could be wrong on that. Somebody from like USPTO is yelling at me about this idiot doesn't know what he's talking about. But um, but but still, the idea is it's the Four Horsemen, a name that's synonymous with wrestling. If you're a fan, for a long time. I wonder if that's something that there's an actual brand that can be trademarked 
in merchandise because I don't I can't think of any four horsemen merchandise aside from just the letters on the thing. I don't think I can't I don't know what a four horsemen logo looks like. And that's it, no, but I mean that's but you can't do that because you can't um trademark body parts. Well let me let me ask wish.com because you know if in doubt okay. they have it. see 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 what you <laughs> see what you're doing. This is why TikTok is about to get banned. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, Shima, who is a guy that I liked in AEW, he's the guy that ran Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, OWE. Uh, he was involved in the traffic accident. Um, mm. and the accident, according to his treat, uh, to his tweet that was translated from Japanese, says that he suffered a head injury, nasal fracture, contusions to his face, left wrist, right hand, neck, and lumbar region. Oof, he all man. fucked up. Basically, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, the um, the traffic accident was him versus a car, and he was on his bike. Oh, yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a lose right there. Um, and I mean bicycle, not like a motor scooter. But so you know, I, I wish him well. He's able to tweet. So and he's definitely is sent out the tweet with like a, a soft cast on, some scars in his face. So mm-hmm. you know. It could have been a lot worse, but damn, it does not look fun. Michael Logan. Who? Right. Uh, well, he's going to rehab, so you won't hear that name for a while. Good for him. He's hanging <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. Uh, good for him. Um, he talks about him uh, being addicted to painkillers after uh, several major injuries, which is a thing that can't happen. And I bring this up not to shit on Michael Elgin because, you know, Right. But but the idea is, you know, uh, protect protect yourself at all times. Um, it's very easy to get addicted to painkillers, especially if you are having major surgery or something like that. A root canal, mm-hmm. you know, an epidural, something, you know, um, work with your physicians to make sure that you're taking exactly what you need, because it's very easy to over over prescribe. And you can wind up like Michael, Michael Elgin um, on, on your way to rehab. So, you know, just be very aware of that shit. It's, that shit is crazy. Um, WWE and 2K Games uh, uh, are being taken to court. And they're being taken to court by a oh. tattoo artist named Catherine Alexander. Hmm. She is the one that has tatted up Randy Orton. Uh, she's done some, oh, of the prominent, yeah, some of the prominent tattoos on his arms. Um and those designs have been recreated for the game WWE 2K Battlegrounds, which actually happened this year. Uh, but either way, she's going to she's going to sue the WWE for uh, some unauthorized reproduction of her work. It will be interesting to see how well that works out because there is something called parody and fair use that I would argue that they would immediately claim. Well. But she is the artist that created that work, so I, I kind of want to know how that's going to shake out. Uh, does WWE and 2K owe them for her art that is reproduced without their, her consent? So, so wait a minute. Here's here's how this goes. Now, number one, Randy Orton tattoos has been a very very prominent part in my. Uh, custom character creation for many, many years. So mm-hmm. we know these things exist. So mm-hmm. it has to be a matter of if they've had permission all the way until now and it was just like, oh, we're not asking no more. And then she's like, uh, 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 uh. So it has to be something on that lines. Otherwise, 
Well, yeah. he's also added more over the years. You mm-hmm. know, yes, he he's because now he has like the sleeves that he didn't well, used to oh, have. That's what I'm talking so about. I mean, the sleeves the so sleeves been there well, for about a good ten years. Ten years, yeah. Yeah, I would say the big thing I would think comes down to have they established any sort of relationship with artists before, or has it never been a thing? And she's just the first one speaking up about it. Yeah. Now, if this something ha- now, if something happens with this, here's the thing: this would go beyond just that. It would mm-hmm. also apply then to the uh, the figures because the figures have all the tattoos on them. It's true. It's true. And they're totally like dead on like re- recreations. It's nuts what Mattel does with like the tattoos on the figures now. So yeah. I see. I can't, I can't imagine it's going to I think it's going to be that's going to be another tough one to to win because like we're talking like the, it's a part of someone's body and all this. So and it's one not like they can be tweaked. One little thing could be tweaked to mess up the whole thing. Right. So that, that that would be the difference between parody and an actual replication. Um, yeah. And I wonder would that open the door for other artists? Because if Alistair Black has a similar problem, because he mm-hmm. has a very well-defined, prominent tattoo on him, on his back, for example, that's a big one. But that's something that you really can't get around. But then again, uh, we've seen that in other cases and other examples where, like, if you're playing 2K, they don't have the rights to use the name TD Bank North Garden. So they just play in Boston Arena. Also, um, mm-hmm. also when you purchase a tattoo, it becomes yours. How does no, she have a claim? How, how does she how does she have a claim on what's on his body when you pay for the service? Because it's her design. But he's paying for it. You still pay for he's, her design. He's, he's that, paying it, for it, the I get design. what you're saying though. Yeah. Yeah, he's paying for the design. He's not paying for the rights to the design. Just like a painting. If you buy a painting, you paint the painting, but yeah. the painter still right. has the right to You don't own Roman Reigns' logo because you bought his t-shirt. Yeah, but she's you're buying a service here, which means you're paying for something from somebody else that and becomes the service was between the, the contract was between the tattoo artist and the uh, and the uh, the body. Right. That's what the service was. Randy so, Orton, did, well, unless he did, but Randy Orton did not pay her to commission a design where he bought the rights to that design for his use as an entertainer. Where this woman, but he could have he could have designed it his own tattoo, and she could have did it. Now that's something different because he designed it. But he, I, but that's not it. the case because she's yeah. suing because of her tattoos. her design. Correct. So I mean, I could be design. I could be I could be ignorant as hell, but I thought the idea of buying a tattoo was paying an artist to create something for you to be obviously tattooed on you, which means that that well, design that you're paying for well, let's is just say exclusive this. to you. It, no, no, it is not. Because if I design a thing, um, and I and that's my design, and I, I license a tattoo artist to, or a tattoo studio, to paint mm-hmm. this design on a person, that's one thing. That does not give you the right to take this design and copy it and sell it on a t-shirt. Or take this design, copy it, or have its photo scanned to, for use in a video game or magazine, and that's that. There is a difference because mm. her, without her design, he's not Randy Orton. So she needs it's it's like music royalties. I, the song I is just, a song, but you sampled this thing. That person needs to get paid too. Yeah, but at the same time, if you are an artist and you go to a beat maker and say make this beat for my song that beat becomes yours and that Not depends on what the transaction is because well, okay, if, I, then, then, like, then man, like, if I go to Dr. Dre and say make me a beat and then I take that beat and play it on the radio as my radio thing 
if our contract was for him to make the beat and for me to do whatever I wanted with it, then that's what I would do. He's obviously Dr. Dre, so what he's going to give me is like a limited license contract, which allows me to have it and not distribute yeah. it. That's the well, same you, reason yeah. why in, on Spotify, you're paying for the service, but you're not paying for the ability to broadcast that service. Yeah, what it's going to come down to, a big part of this is going to be, they're going to look at her and be like, well, do you have any kind of paperwork that you had worked out with him, essentially like as a terms of use or right. you know some kind she's of deal for how this yeah. is done for this transaction? If she doesn't have something like that, that's going to be really hard to enforce, I would imagine. Right, and yeah. so what would happen is that I would assume, um, and, I would, and a lawyer can, will correct me if I'm wrong, that there is a limited liability license for a product. And I liken it to Spotify in that you're not able to take your Spotify playlist and legally give that to people on another service because Mm -hmm. the terms of use allow you, even though you're paying for Spotify and thus paying for the ability to download and whatever you do with the premium, um, it is not, it is illegal for, we're not illegal, but it is, yeah, you would be sued if you are able to take a boom box plug it into a stadium amphitheater and then play it. Whether you need to pay somebody for else for the rights to broadcast it. And with the same thing with this tattoo, um, she may have a limited use contract in that this is for you. Cool. What he, what they're doing is taking that thing, which is a part of him, and using that as an exhibition for the game. That's why she needs to get paid. If Randy Orton tattoos is a DLC... <laughs> because very much on par with how 2K is. But to be fair, you did say that Randy Orton tattoos themselves were uh, of use in your creative characters. So if that's a part of the thing, that she needs to get paid. I don't know. It's gonna, literally I, using we, her we, we, we need more. We need more information from. This. We actually need yeah. a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lawyer. Oh God, not that one. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Very last thing, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, there's a bunch of wrestling happening this weekend, so if you're going to go, please go safe. Uh, wear your mask. Uh, do all the social distancing things that you need to do if you need to do it, wherever you are in the world. Um, uh, you have uh, SmackDown, obviously, from the Thunderdome tomorrow night, 12-5 lives after that. Uh, Ring of Honor. If you're not catching the Ring of Honor uh, tournament, uh, the Pure Wrestling Tournament, and you want to see a different type of wrestling, especially since NWA is not in on, on TV right now, uh, definitely watch that. I would say particularly go out of your way to see uh, um, Fred Yeha versus Silas Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a sparkly match, um, and it's good to see Yeha on TV. Um, and, and I really forgot that he never really worked with Ring of Honor. Um, so wild to me. Yeah, yeah. But 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 hot damn, uh, Fred Yeha uh, versus Silas Young great match and that tournament continues uh this weekend uh wherever sinclair decides to broadcast it or monday nights if you follow them on twitter uh black label pro is having turbo turbo graph 16 uh that's a tournament that they're having in indiana so that's a big indie show outside of chicago um nxt takeover 31 in your house is happening uh this weekend as well uh you know revolution pro uh was supposed to happen in portsmouth england um, the G1 rolls on um, in day nine. And yeah, so there's a lot of stuff that's happening this weekend. But more importantly than that, if you are going to a wrestling show, uh, you know, do it and do it safely. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy yourself. But yeah, that's the news for this week.
All right. Well, definitely, we definitely are over our time before we get out of here. Definitely a congratulations to two friends of our show that's been on here numerous times, Jordan Grace and Jonathan Gresham, finally able to celebrate uh, their love through marriage as after COVID hated and had it uh, uh, postponed. So it was good for them to finally be able to uh, have that. So definitely congratulations to them from us um, this weekend. Also, Impact Wrestling on Impact Plus is running Victory Road, which is the start of their road to Bound for Glory. So that's exclusive on um, Impact Plus this Saturday uh, to add on wrestling stuff. But yeah, that would do it for the week. Um, uh, we got something? Yep. Uh. So remember um, the October, the September 30th deadline? For the wrestlers to not uh, to get the hell off of third party uh, sort of in revenue streams. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's October first, and according to Cage Side Seats, uh, I'm reading this. Uh, the Wrestling Inc. They say that the Wrestling Inc. has learned that WWE talent were told this week that the company will be taking control of their Twitch accounts in four weeks. WWE will own those accounts, but talent will receive a percentage of the revenue. Which counts against their downside guarantees. Oh, we I don't know. Weird. We'll discuss that next week. Yeah. But yeah. But what you yeah, need to know more is info on that. That is fucked. Wow. Wow. Repeat wow. repeat it. Re- repeat it one more time before we get out of here. Breaking Wrestling news. Wrestling Inc. has also learned that the talent were told this week that the company will be taking control of their Twitch accounts in four weeks. Let's just say let's just say Halloween. WWE will own those accounts. However, talent will receive a percentage of the revenue, which counts against their downside guarantees. So basically Man. the money that they were going to get in like a stipend you know, type of a situation for working the show, uh, that money will count against that if they subscribe on Twitch and, and do whatever they need to do on yeah, Twitch. Yeah, they're saying it won't be extra money. That's- right, so, so basically... It's not overtime. It's not separate. This counts into your paycheck. If I'm reading this right, this counts that's into the way your I'm paycheck. reading it. Out of hearing it, rather. Right, right, right. Yeah, this counts into that's your what paycheck. it sounds like. Um. So, yeah, that's insane. Uh, the article from KSI Scenes continues. On the surface, this report sounds like a terrible outcome for the wrestlers of WWE, who are unfairly classified as independent contractors. WWE's attempt to micromanage and control the amount of money they can make. Through uh, wrestlers can make through Twitch is a ruthless maneuver that is rooted in a sickening level of greed. I agree with myself. Pro wrestlers need to have their eyes open to the reality of what WWE is doing here. The long and short of it is, is that know this from now on, or starting November 1st, I guess, if you subscribe to a person on Twitch, if you uh, subscribe to uh, donate them bits or followers or whatever the case is, if you donate subscriptions, that money that would go to them that they're working for to present to you whatever their product is that you enjoy. They've already changed their name because Mia Yim is now Stephanie Bell on Twitch. Adam Cole has always been the Chugs. But if you really like what Austin Creed is doing on Twitch, that is WWE property now. Not Austin Creed. Why not? Because he's never infringed his contract because he's never been to Xavier Woods on his. Well... I don't know how that's going to be. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, we'll talk about it more. We'll talk about it as it develops because it says that they're taking control 
of their Twitch accounts in four weeks, WWE will own their accounts. I'm not hearing that there is like a difference between if you did this or if you did that. Austin Creed is an employee of WWE as a contractor who has a Twitch account. I don't see how that's any different than Mia Yim, who is the same thing, or well, well, whoever. Well, but th- well, it is well, breaking. We will cover it later. But but yeah. I was just going to say, you said earlier, we need a lawyer. <laughs> need a lawyer. And that, and that it seems like they need a lawyer. And that will be it for the show for tonight. <laughs> We're back every Thursday, 8 p.m. live on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, follow us on our social media and get all your news and updates at BigOBelGroup. Com. Thank you so much for listening to us live. And if you're listening to the podcast, again, we're available on all audio streaming podcast platforms. Uh, so definitely, uh, again, if you want to catch us live, you got the information. And we will see you all then. Stay safe. And thank you so much for listening tonight, folks. Oh, God,